0: Well, we're talking to Scott Whitaker today. Scott is a jeweler out of Park City, Utah. He's been doing this over 20 years after getting inspired in high school by a teacher. He picked up the the craft and has basically never stopped. And he's turned it into his livelihood and career. And he makes some really beautiful things. Go to his website or his Instagram and you'll see what I mean. But all of his jewelry just screams the American West. And it's, it's rugged and the textures uh, match with the outdoors and in some cases even the way he makes it is inspired by the outdoors and you'll see what I mean if you listen to this but really neat craftsman Uh, hopefully I can get in his shop and film some of his uh, some of his trade up a little closer but for now this will have to get us started hope you enjoy it Scott Whittaker with Scott James Jewelry First of all, thanks for coming on and taking the time. And my first sort of point is, I don't. I, there's so many aspects of the industry as a whole that I don't know about, and I don't expect you to speak for the industry necessarily. But I'd rather kind of talk about the craft and like the the nitty gritty. But I feel like we have to also just talk about the industry generally because I have a friend who he sold rings for a while. Most guys they only kind of interact with it when they're buying their an engagement ring or something, and then they're away right. from it. So what's the industry been like? Has it been like upended by people selling stuff online? Is it, is our huge chains just like dominate a lot of it? Are the craftsmen kind of always untouchable because somebody has to, you know, make the products at the end of the day. So it's kind of two separate worlds or what, what's the state of the, I don't know, jewelry industry generally, would you say?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard for me to um, speak fully generally because, Um, there's so many niches within the market, you know, and we've kind of hit another niche that we've been focusing on this last little while with social media, but previously I was brick and mortar. Um, you know, this is my 20, I don't know, 21st, 22nd year in the industry. Mm. And so the brick and mortar, um, sales and manufacturing for a jewelry store in park city, um and that was kind of you know like resort town style sales and um and it was a little custom you but but um <clears throat> but on, on the industry as a whole I feel like I feel like even with the way metal prices are and everything is like I, I feel like most people are thriving right now to be honest with you mm. on Online- I think like specifically people that can tap into that because your your market's so huge but um, to me and what I see uh, we sold our brick and mortar store in 2018 and he's doing phenomenal as well you know even in that space and he doesn't do any online work so.
0: Wow interesting Um, what's that like (laughs) in you you mentioned like buying metals and stuff and I guess compared to a lot of other I don't know, asset classes, the price of gold and silver has been kind of stable, at least compared to fuel, or am I looking at that wrong? I, I'm thinking like the last 10 years, it hasn't
1: changed no. a lot, or does it change like day by day? In the last 10 years, it's been when I, so just for, just to give you like a quick anecdote, like when I started in 99 or 2000, right around there, gold was around $300 an ounce. Okay. I think right now, I don't know what today's market is, but it's probably 17 to $1,900 an ounce. Yeah it's a the last 20 years has been crazy but then there's also been like pretty it's kind of I mean I don't know you know it follows the stock market and those kind of things and so like in 2008 when everything crashed gold and materials just shot through the roof um, right. and and it's had a few of those ups and downs um, you know every presidential change every like every major kind of economical thing like gold will follow in a trend like and any precious metal you
0: know yeah yeah i guess that's what i'm referring to because a lot of investment guys the real um i don't know worst case scenario oriented ones are like buy gold it's going to go through the roof but yeah and i know it's gone up but at the same time it's still like you said 1700 bucks it's like yeah it's not ten thousand dollars or some like crazy number
1: no through the roof is relative for sure you know for us like you, you know, 5%, 10% matters when yeah. we're working with wholesale numbers and dealing with deliverables that are three months out, you know, those kind of percentages are a big deal. Like when your margins aren't, aren't like, sure. months, so. so do
0: you, do you take the risk or do you just tell people that'll be this price plus spot gold or how, how does that work? If someone's making a big order of that includes a lot of material.
1: Um, when, it, when it's a, it's actually, yeah. Our vendors are pretty like nice to us and so we we could we can adjust pricing but it's pretty much like you put the price together and it, it it's that price until you come back and like make any adjustments um so yeah you eat it if it's three months out and there's a big dip or rise oh. yeah
0: um about like more like the the craft itself i know like over certainly over centuries and, and, and even decades, but you can sort of like see styles change and come and go. What's that like from your point of view, when you started, were you making a lot of one type of thing? Cause it was selling a lot. And if so, what, what's kind of in style or how, how do these, uh, trends in jewelry go, or is it all pretty timeless? And it's like, you know, a gold ring has been 10,000 years, you know, on trend. So how, what's that like?
1: Yeah. I kind of feel like, um, jewelry specifically is it's always like in, you know, like, yes, there can be styles within, within there, but, but, um, but like you said, like you can go look at, you know, a thousand year old ring that people will still be rocking today. And um, it's so personal. And that's what's so rad about the industry to me is like, is that everyone and and what's crazy too, because it is so personal and what that's let people Um, do now um, is with like manufacturing and creating jewelry like with social media it's so easy for people to get into the industry with their own little style or their own way of fabricating or or building jewelry and get it seen by people Um, so I would say like in general I, I feel like you know there's ebbs and flows like with with style and the big like you know, the big industry people, the, the large brick and mortars are pushing a narrative that, um, that you'll see within commercials and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's different now because who watches commercials and mm-hmm. you know, social media driven like so heavily, like with Instagram and TikTok and, yeah. um, you know, whether it's influencers or what do they call them now? Not influencers, but um, affiliates, you know, like however you're doing, you know, you're seeing product out there um it's so driven via social media and anyone gets to play that game if you if you want to you know
0: yeah i i i love going on etsy and just seeing what i look at that as like the common man like what, what yeah. are like the kid it's kids sure but it's just what what are people making that's cutting edge and I'll, I'll, very often i'm impressed and kind of inspired by the things that are on there
1: i'm always blown away by the craftsmanship and ingenuity of people like um you know like one new thing that's come online in the last like 10 years or so is like metal clay and so oh. you can like regular ceramics but you fight you you work it and then you fire it and it um the chemical formula of the clay like turns into metal like just solid oh. metal yeah so you're working with like this metal clay and it's crazy to see how creative people are cuz you can do that in like you know like a little I mean a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad or anyone like can do this in a very small environment and make some pretty rad things, you know?
0: What what kind of metal does it turn into? That's like it's it can't er, be I...
1: er, gold, bronze. Um let me see if I have a sample here.
0: I'm looking, I'm so, thinking I don't know much about like chemistry, but it's like yeah. people are turning clay into
1: yeah, it's what PM Clay. The... And so this is a point nine two five um material silver clay there's around a lot of times it depends on the the clay some some make it differently but there's around a 15 shrinkage but you oh. can you can kiln fire it or you can torch fire it and it's straight up metal when you're done it's like alchemy it's crazy it's so weird. The, the metal
0: must be inside the clay already yep. and then you're just burning <laughs> out the the the, cl- the
1: malleable clay yep. part i guess and you can like under fire and do things and it, you know it's gonna crack and not be like very sound structurally but if you do it right it's like most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference you know at all
0: um so what's your favorite type of type of i don't know jewelry to make or what are you like getting excited i mean you've been doing it 20 years so i'm sure you've done it all i'm sure some of it is just kind of routine pay the bills and other stuff you're probably like this is i really like these kind of projects so what what are you getting excited about these days or does it all work?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's a mixture. Everyone asks that. They'll come into the studio and see the, the toys, the tools. Yeah, And be like, oh, I can't believe you just get to make stuff all day. You know, yeah. and I'm sure you know how that is. And it's yeah. like, well, you know, like even, even when you love something, when, when it turns into a career and a job, like it, it gets difficult at times. But that being said, we do feel super lucky to have the opportunity to like work with our hands daily basis and and use our creativity and um so i i do a lot of um lost wax casting so we'll fabricate a piece um make a master mold and then we'll replicate that piece via lost wax casting we do we do a lot of that but the last ever since we sold our brick and mortar store in 2018 we kind of like turned to the social media world we dabbled in it a little bit before but not not like we do now and um And so the outdoors is a big part of like my family's life, like my wife and my kids. We're always looking for an adventure to go exploring somewhere. And so um, we incorporate a lot of that into what we make, whether it's, you know, water, trees, mountains, um, and all the way from like sterling silver goods up to bridal. um, We'll Mm. put, you know, our little flair and touch of the outdoors and what we make. And that's kind of been a theme for the last little while. Sometimes like I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm making something with a mountain again, you know, like <laughs> yeah. of that road of like, is this really what I'm doing? But um, but it always like seems to always, like circle back around in a the theme of some sort. And we, you know, we get creative. I'm doing a project right now. That's pretty fun. That's um, it's all so it's all found. The metal's not found material, but um, but what I'm putting into the pieces is found. <laughs> the rocks or whether it's a tree branch that I find and I'll mold that and cast it in silver. And then I have a, a tumbler that I'm building that I'm, I'm actually a five gallon barrel tumbler, but I'm going to use the river to turn the tumbler. Oh, wow. Oh, wow! cool. I'll I'll use the media. The media inside the tumbler is just going to be rocks and sand from the river bank. And, it'll it'll turn the metal and whatever we get off of that will be what we deliver is so it'll be kind of like river earth tumble jewelry yeah
0: that's cool um wow so this is just occurring to me but this must be one of your a question you get all the time will people bring you jewelry that it maybe it was like their grandma's and it's pretty out of style or not their particular style and have you melt it down and remake it into something because for some reason, all of a sudden that just hit me when you're talking, like what a great way to repurpose and bring to life, like the act, the, the same element, kind of like you said, using the river power or these other things and, and give them yeah. totally new life without just leaving it in a jewelry box for you know 80 more years. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we did that a lot more when we had a brick and mortar store and we're kind of like nine to five servicing mm-hmm. customers in that format. I get hit up a lot to do that kind of work. But one of the things that I've had to learn the most in this industry is like how to say no, like, you know, it's so because those sentimental jobs are so beautiful, too. Like, there's a lot of meaning behind that and recycling or turning something old you know that that has so much sentimental value into something new that someone wears is a beautiful story, and and we have done it for customers for sure. We don't do it super often though um, anymore, but I have friends that do it if, if people need it. So
0: yeah, it you know it, there's probably some risk that comes along with it because if it doesn't go quite right, you've like torched the ring, and it's like a it's a one way road. <laughs>
1: exactly. We yeah, it de- that's definitely like my. <laughs> One place that I worked at, he, uh, my old boss from years and years ago, shattered someone's emerald. Like, oh, a wow. You know, like those kind of things definitely happen and it's not fun. And hopefully you have insurance like to yeah. cover some of those things. But also being in the brick and mortar world for so long, we, ha- you know, get a little bit of burnout with that kind yeah. of. Stuff. And we've been able to hone our craft a little bit more to like just make what we want to make and and it's been yeah. good. So
0: can you t- ex- tell us I should have started here but how you first got involved in this craft and making jewelry and what what it, it was it kind of led you down this road to begin with? Sure yeah
1: yeah so I mean I think early early on you know working with my hands <clears throat> in some form something I always did um, but it was like you know macrame like tying some hemp necklaces or, uh-huh. or beads eating some stuff um and uh but when i got into high school i had an amazing teacher sue valella um she's passed now but she was a beautiful soul and um and an amazing teacher and so she taught um multimedia like 3d design and then metalsmithing and ceramics but she was as much an artist as she was a teacher Uh and i think i think she has like four to five professional jewelers like under her like stewardship as being a teacher there, which is pretty cool. Um, and so that's where I got into more of the metalsmithing and the crafting of metals. And then when I was going to college, I worked at a, a store in Park City that's no longer there. It's called Tommyknockers. And they were, uh, they were like a small little mom and pop custom craft um, store where they did a little bit of wholesale. They dabbled in in wholesale of their own designs. Um, but but that's kind of where I learned a lot of the trade, um, professionally.
0: Wow. And then more or less after picking up the trade skills, I guess you, at some point you opened the brick and mortar store, but it just kind of turned into a career, I guess. And was that intentional or did did that, is that just kind of how it unrolled?
1: Um, yeah, that's kind of just how it unfolded. We, I went to college all, uh, through working and which took me forever because I started a family decided to build a, try and build a house. It got crazy for a while.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So college took like, it took me a few years to finish. But, um, uh, while I was going uh, to college, I got my degree in uh, technology management and business management. And it was either like when I got done, I was like, okay, we're, we're either making a break from this jewelry thing or we're going all in. And we decided to go all in and we, we purchased a little the kind of like a even smaller version of what Tommy knockers was in, in Hebrew, we purchased, um, a gentleman's inventory and took over his lease. And, um, then we kind of stepped into like a, and this was like, you know, you're changing watch batteries for five bucks and you're, (laughs) you know, I mean like you're doing everything you can to make it work. This is a small town that we did this in, you know, back in 2006. Um, And it was right before the crash. And so we bought and, you know, people had boats in their yard. They had like, you know, four wheelers everywhere. People were just spending money like crazy in 2006. And then it slowly crept into um, the crash. And we were like, oh, man, this is going to be rough. Like this industry is not where you want to be. Yeah. or this big of a downturn. So it was kind of wild. We had to get creative on some um avenues on how to make make some money like not just in the brick and mortar store. We bought a lot of gold. I don't know if you remember that time frame but like gold buying places popped up.
0: Yeah, everywhere, everywhere. We buy gold. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everywhere. And we jumped on that train cuz everyone was doing it. But it honestly it was helpful like and not just for us but for the customers coming in. like there was a little bit like you know, took that route to make money and to get rid of some of their goodies. So,
0: so was that, was that big right then? Because people, I mean, lost their job and they needed to just like raise some cash and the jewelers happened to be equipped to judge how much it was worth and et cetera. Is that sort of what was going on there?
1: Yeah, totally. And it's mandated from the state. Like you, it's almost like a, I mean, you could call it like, like kind of like pawn shop almost. Esque in how it's regulated through the state you need to have your own license to do it and then yeah. um, <clears throat> and then they come around and check your scales make sure everything's good to go and um, do all that but yeah like it I mean there was a lot of people that that came in like you know wow. for gas, gas money and grocery money for sure
0: yeah because it'd be pretty easy to take advantage of those people you know and you get to tell oh that's fake gold that's not even real gold then I'll give you 10 bucks <laughs> and yeah. you could really um, hurt them
1: for sure that that had to happen to people but you're you know there's a bunch of rules you're supposed to hold on to the metal for x amount of days before yeah. you know all these things but you know we we had to um i mean we had the cops come in a few times like because people stole stuff and tried yeah. to sell to like go that whole route it was kind of crazy um
0: <clears throat> you mentioned that the the mountains that in these nature things and i got to mention that even though for you it's probably just oh. you know wednesday and just another thing but for people like me who don't see this very often i gotta just have you explain it because it's really neat you're making castings i assume they start with wax topographic uh mountains and canyons and ranges and and such and and putting them into uh, certainly bracelets and necklaces and stuff can you maybe i don't know if how that started or how you got into that but it's they're really beautiful and really neat can you talk about how you kind of got onto that tact and a little bit about how that's done
1: sure so uh, i'll I don't know what year I started doing CAD CAM work, but that was part of what I did for um, part of my degree was like integrating business and technology. And and um, one of my ideas back then was, you know, integrating CAD CAM, which was kind of like just starting in the industry back in like 2000 and geez, maybe f- four, three, 2003 or 2000 sometime early 2000s it was kind of just starting in the brick and mortar store. Like um, I think larger industries had already had it going for a while, but it was getting like cost effective enough for small stores to be able to get in on it. Mm. And so I got in on it relatively early doing some CAD cam work. And um, when we bought our new store, we ended up buying a 3d printer and it just got all of our wheels turning on like, okay, what, what can this thing actually do? Like what, Mm -hmm. what can that we can you know turn into jewelry and um having the mountains be part of what we love like we got the idea to to dabble with the topography and um and it's crazy now because there's a lot of people doing it now as prices come down with printers and mm-hmm. and that's one that's one downfall i guess of social media is um you know how easy it is to knock someone off yeah and 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 uh, i i don't know if i've like I don't know if we were the first, but I did as much research as I possibly could. And we did not see topography jewelry out there. This was like 2015. Um, And we haven't hit it super hard. But that being said, that's a whole nother story. Um, The 3D printing is kind of what got us into it and um, what you can do with CAD CAM and like um, getting these maps and being able to to like put them into the jewelry. Um, it's pretty awesome. You've, you've probably seen a few different things that we've made, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like uh, all of them. They're just. I've never seen one up close, but they're just. I don't. They're just beautiful. You just stare at them, and I'm sure if it's a mountain that you climbed yourself a few times, it could be really meaningful to see yeah. the the little saddles and draws that you've yeah. spent time in. I got to imagine that just could really draw a person in.
1: Yeah, we've done a lot of, um, you know, from you know people's grandparents cabin up in the mountains of Colorado to where huh. they got elope, where they eloped and got married you know all of these really fun special locations it's been it's been cool for sure and it's cool to hear the stories behind you know yeah. that the, the piece that they're getting to
0: so you so you can you'll you'll have orders for just like a custom piece of <laughs> the earth that you've never cast or made before like hey I got engaged on this river bend on this river here. Can you cast
1: that out and, and you're able to yeah. somehow rebuild that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've got a little oh. program that we, um, do our CAD CAM work in and, and printing and, and the the technology's gotten so, so great too that you can cast directly off of a print. Um, we do a lot of fabrication work too. Like we're not just like a, a print, a print shop cause there are those out there, but, mm-hmm. um, but then what we'll what we do too is like you know incorporating some other earth like oriented stuff in there whether it's a tree branch or mm-hmm. you know some some different things from from those areas we can incorporate that as well so it's pretty fun for sure
0: yeah that's really something um, oh about social media you mentioned it's it is a downside people can see your work and and knock it off but at yeah. the same time um, and that's why I think you're pretty smart to be involved with it nobody can be you and like have your story and like if, yeah. for example when you when you hire a craftsman to make something custom half of it is the product you receive the other half of it is just the story of who made it and and how you cross paths with that person I think that I think that there's some social media is great in that way where you can actually be a little more attached to the person making these some of these custom things and I know for a lot of uh, things i purchased that's that's half of it, you know, just who's this from, what are they all about? And if it's, if it's something that I don't know that I'm excited about, then that's true. That's incentive to pay more for, you know, the, for that version than maybe one that's similar, but not from the same, you know, story. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, it's so true. And it's kind of like, you know, I, cause I know so many people that like the social media in a glass half empty way you know but but i take your approach way more often than not and it's glass half full you know like there's so many good things if you want to find it and look for it that's out there like i yeah it's definitely a plus for sure and it's a huge part of actually how we even get seen you know like in the industry is is um now, Instagram specifically is what we we focus on just only because that's all I know. I'm not really good at other formats. Mm-hmm. Instagram's yeah. great because you it doesn't you don't have
0: to go home to your computer and edit and like redo it all. You can kind of shoot it, film it, or take a picture, post it all just from your phone and then go back about your life. So I I agree. It's it's definitely the most uh I don't know, doable for <laughs> unless you want to yeah. get all crazy and like what we did, which takes a lot more effort. Um, oh man yeah so a couple (laughs) of questions just about jewelry are there are there i'll say cultures but are there places in the world or cultures around jewelry that you find like really fascinating maybe the craftsmanship or the way they're the way they use materials that are really interesting um can't even think of any examples but you know like certainly you see it with ancient cultures like egyptians you see pictures Mm -hmm. or, or examples of the jewelry they're doing and it's like wow that's really neat is there anything that really stands out to you that you enjoy or you can appreciate as someone who's involved with it
1: yeah i mean there's there's a few for sure um you know native american um stamp work is really beautiful like and it's hard like people like like you'll see them make it and um you know it's all fabricated they're hand making their own stamps and Um, I don't, I'm not
0: really familiar with it. Can you describe what exactly that is?
1: Wish I had something here. Um, Oh, I do. Let me just see if this works. Sure. So yeah, I mean, you won't be able to see it obviously, but this is a stamp made by a native artist in Arizona. Is that, is that
0: steel or iron or something? What is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is just, um, steel rebar. Okay and then they'll rework the the rebar and cut their own um shape into it and this is pretty old i don't actually know how old the (coughs) original um but whenever you know they were able to get their hands on this kind of metal yeah Uh, and so anyways they will do some very very ornate um stamp work in you know in all all kinds of um bracelets and pendants and different pieces but it's really beautiful and it definitely takes like when you see like how they're lining it up and doing it by hand it takes skill especially to push they're they're doing like zero gauge sometimes or two gauge you know so it's thick metal yeah it's thick metal and they're bending it and you know doing these beautiful stamp the stampings in it and so i i really enjoy that there's actually a class that i've thought about taking for a while down in um arizona from a friend um yeah because it's a cool process for sure and it's um but it but it's simple too a hammer a tool and the metal that's, yeah. that's, that's all you need you know which is a beautiful thing
0: yeah that's cool um i'm sure they you know stamping into leather is people have seen that and i'm always amazed when i see someone carve leather i guess is how they might call that but yes yeah. you see the stamp and you kind of understand the shape that's in it and you kind of make an assumption about what it can do. But then you see when it's laid out over like uh you know a, a little space and it's like got all this depth and you, it's almost you look back at the stamp again and you're like what how yes. is that, how is that possible? I've seen that with yeah. our leather guy. He'll he'll carve leather and it just looks like it's like this woven like textured like fabric with depth and it's just this little stamp. It's
1: kind of mind blowing honestly. Exactly, and it's very similar to what you're describing, you know, like like you can move leather around a little bit differently than, than metal, but but that kind of like embossed or 3D-ish texture that you get on the leather is similar to what, what the metal produces, so it's pretty cool. That and um, one other style is um, is um, the in- lapidary inlay um, that a lot of, I, I can't, oh, I wish I could remember what native tribe does it predominantly but um but it's really beautiful ornate inlay of stones that's just just like micro micro inlay um polished stones yeah it's really cool
0: oh wow yeah you wonder how that like how those skills got developed in some of those tribes i mean developing that type of talent not just the talent but even the technology of how to do that is yeah, it's kind of a shame that there's not more maybe there's a good record. I don't know. But you just yeah. wonder how whatever, maybe 100 years ago, how how it was that they somebody spent the time it takes to develop that.
1: Yeah, true craftsman for sure.
0: Hey, um, tell me about your shop, because that looks like a real log cabin wall behind you. Is that what's yeah. going on? That looks kind of
1: old. It is old. So we um, there was an old hay barn in, in um, the, the town next door in Heber that we restored so we took it down it was in the early 1900s or late 1800s i can't remember an uh, old hay barn and we we took it down log by log brought it over here and had it um, rebuilt so the inner structure here is an old log cabin and then we built wings around it oh wow i'm in a really small studio space right now i'm so cramped but <laughs> it um it's still it's still enough so
0: that's cool so the bones are actually pretty old then or at least that part of of the structure is
1: yeah it's pretty cool it's got a cool feeling for sure um in we call it the cabin and so um it's a good spot to make in for sure um maybe my last question for
0: you even i uh, not even i but myself included have from time to time wanted to make a piece of jewelry just for like the heirloom aspect or for a gift, just, just for the aspect that is something you can give somebody that you made. Um, when, when someone asks for tips or where should they start if they want to do that and have reasonable success for something they could be proud of, what, what do you point people to as something with, you know, minimal tools to, if someone's kind of, I don't know, has more than the average interest in making jewelry with, you know, their hands with, basic shop skills. Where where do you point them?
1: I usually, um, when, when people are of that nature, I usually point them just into the fabrication realm. You know, you can get a cheap frame saw, um, a rawhide mallet. And, you know, you don't even need like a full ring mandrel. You can use like a wood dowel. You can use, I mean, if you want to get creative, but, Mm -hmm. but for, if you want to do it seriously for a couple hundred bucks, you can, you know, you can have enough tools to make some amazing jewelry um okay. yeah and it's not it's not hard you know with you well you know like with youtube and like yeah. the tutorials that are out there and you guys are so much in that space um you know it's so easy to go watch a few videos and feel fairly comfortable you know with a they have these um i don't think i have one here you know that it's almost like a little clicker torch that you put butane in yeah you know, that, that can get hot enough to do a little solder job on a ring. No problem.
0: Yeah. Like, like a plumbing torch, like something a plumber would use to
1: Yeah, or, or that for sure. And so, you know um, yeah, I've, I've turned a lot of people on, but there's also some good people out there. Um, There's a group on Instagram called metalsmith society and it's oh. run by friend Corky and she has created I mean, she's built this thing into like, I don't know, I think there's like 150,000 followers in a couple of years, but the information she's put together is just incredible from, from how to videos to tools to, you know, equipment needed, like all sorts of stuff she's put together on there and it's pretty awesome. So there's a lot of information out there um, to get people started, but I think fabricating is like a really, a really easy way. And, and like I was saying about the stamping, like That doesn't even require a torch, unless Mm -hmm. you do anneal your metal and soften it back up, if you're stamping it that much, but you know you don't have to like you can do more simple designs that you can order um, annealed metal and pretty much have a stamp, and and a hammer and a mandrel and you're good to go.
0: Wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like you said, in this day and age, if someone wants to get involved with something, it's probably never been easier than it is right now to, to pick it up. Huh? One of these days, have you taught classes? Have you kind of had students ever and taken people, you know, beginners and showed them some of these things, or are you just your own kind of employees and the people you train up?
1: Yeah. We've had a lot of requests for that. And we've thought about doing like some online tutorials, you know, live, live online. Um, in perpetuity which would be kind of cool yeah but but we've never um we've never gone down that road it's only been training in-house employees so far um never know a lot more of those little jewelry schools are popping up these days um because so many people do want to get into the industry i mean it I, i know more jewelers like that work out of their kitchen and you know small little studios than i ever have before so
0: Yeah, that's amazing. All right, Scott, well, we'll link to your Instagram. That's going to be the best place for people to see the work. And I know your website's really well-developed also. So if someone has the the topographic jewelry, and I'm not sure if that's the name, to me is really the thing that just is, you almost, you got to see it. So people click and check that out. Is the website the place to go for people who are, you know, want more information about how that's done and talking about specific, you know, (laughs) parts of the earth and what you could do with those locations?
1: Yeah, uh, website's definitely the best way to get a hold of us. Our you know contact us um, email is on there, um, and then Instagram for sure for visuals. That's where I you know we do a lot of like even fun stories about you know finding a, a rock or whatever and polishing it, and you get to see that process you know on the stories and stuff like that. So mm. so both are great great places to see what we do for sure.
0: My final question for you and you mentioned finding a rock geology and jewelry are kind of like you know sister (laughs) they're not they're not related but they're more related than you think and um yeah it's always impressive when people uncover things just out in the earth have you found some cool stones and gems and ever you know taken your jewelry in that direction of i don't even know about taking it but finding the the material or um geodes and turning them into stuff for
1: sure and that kind of goes back to that i think we talked about at the beginning is like i have this new series that i haven't fully got off the ground yet but it's it actually is just called found and so or maybe it's it's something like that i can't remember. i labeled it on an instagram post but yeah. we do zones that we go to on a regular basis this is one you probably can't see you might be oh, able to yeah. see Gee. a little bit but wow. this is a place we go to in the wasatch mountains and it's a mixture of. um epido and pyrite and a bunch of different minerals but um but if you see me on a trail I'm looking down that's just that's just how it's gonna be or if I'm at the water at the river I'm trying to look for agates or different pieces so we have a lot of pieces that we've um we cut we find them we cut them we lap do the lapidary work and set them in our own settings so
0: it's funny how good kids are at that. Like I'm on one, on one hand, I'm always annoyed. My kids, their pockets are full of rocks, like all the time. And I'm like, why are you doing that? But then sometimes, in fact, recently we were gone and my oldest Leo, he found this rock It's like a geode and it is, it's amazing. It's just like this massive geode. I don't even know. It's just like the crystally looking stones yeah. inside of it. And even I was freaking out. And so it's kind of funny how these kids have the same instinct that's like, this is cool and I gotta look at it and be like, it is actually pretty cool to look for rocks.
1: That's so funny. you're I'm gonna have you talk to my wife because I've got <laughs> rocks at my house wondering what we're doing but i just tell my kids it's their inheritance and
0: we're good yeah that's awesome all right scott well hey thanks for coming on we'll link to all this including your instagram and if people want to get in touch i'm sure they will and someday if we're out there i'd love to get a closer look at your shop it looks really interesting and maybe there'd be some part of this we could put a camera on and give people a better visual for i don't know how some of these castings work or who knows it's just it's it's neat seeing these things come to life yeah it'd be fun to have you out All right. Take have a good one. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again soon.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah.